me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. <laughs> What is going on, D-Gen Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Safeway Open, the shortest offseason in sports history, 48 hours till this next event. But we're here. We're grinding as usual. I am here with my partner in crime, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, how you doing? Doing good, Kenny. It's, you know, everything you just said, man. We're back at it. And, and everyone's had those jokes already, but I think it is Kind of funny, right? You don't normally see it like this, and especially the shortened week with the holiday into this week, and then there's a major next week. So, I mean, talk about a restart to a season. Uh, before we get into it, just want to mention quickly, as always, Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast is sponsored and presented by rotogrinders.com. Head on over to rotogrinders.com slash degen. Uh, now is a good time. You get five bucks off your first month, and you can check out all the football stuff. So I'll go into it more at the end of the show, but I did post my content schedule out. If you don't follow me on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo, you can check it out there. Going to be doing a lot of stuff between golf and football, mostly shows, mostly interactive, uh, but check it all out. It's over there under the premium segment. But quite the event we had there, Kenny. I thought it was a great one. Uh, all the talk last week, and I'm sure we'll get into it here in a second, but, you know, some people took certain things maybe the wrong way, not in a bad way, just, you know, when we're talking about match play and all that stuff we went through last week, for me, it was just what I prefer. It's what I like to see. It's what I think would be exciting. You know, everyone always has their ups and downs with the way a format is laid out, but guess what? In the end, we had DJ, we had JT, Rom, X, all the boys. Uh, it actually was kind of interesting. I know, you know, DJ still won it by three, but at the end of the day, it was a, a decent back nine, and there was a few more perks to that as well. No commercials, all the stuff that we'll get into. So what did you think of the event? I mean, I loved it. Uh, you know, I was uh, on vacation for the first three days, so I was a little bit busy. Uh, you know, I was supposed to go to Vegas, went to Ocean City instead. Uh, it was a fun trip, you know, but didn't get to watch that much golf. Won a bunch of money. 
uh, played thousand dollar beer pong. I took down a thousand dollars in beer pong. Also took like twelve hundred dollars in like thirty minutes at the blackjack table in Ocean City. Uh, so that was fun. Got some strippers. You know me. I'm gonna have. I was gonna say, money. was that before or after the strippers? That was after the strippers. If it was before the strippers, I wouldn't have brought that money back home. Luckily, I brought dollars. that money back. I brought that money back home. So it was actually a smart move getting the strippers beforehand. No strip club in Ocean City, so we actually had to like bring the strippers to our home and. They do some wild shit. I, 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 they do some wild shit. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but then Monday, I sat down and really – I watched a little bit of, of the tournament during the week. Um, uh, during the weekend. But, I mean, I really sat down and really watched it on, on Monday. And, uh, I mean, it was a great – I thought it was great. I know a lot of people don't like – like I said, like Tampa was talking about, I'd rather have the match play myself in the tour championship. But I just don't know if we're going to see that just because it doesn't translate too well on the TV especially with casual fans. Now, when you get the casual fans, that back nine on Sunday with no commercials. I, I can't remember the last time I watched that much golf with no commercials. It just made it so much more smooth, more drama. Uh, I think it was would have been, you know, for the casual fan, I think it was great. I think for regular fans like us, it was great. Uh, you know, Dustin Johnson doing his thing. Uh, I, I personally, again, don't mind this setup. I'd rather have the match play, but I don't mind the setup compared to what we are, were a couple years ago. Someone could win this event and not win the FedEx Cup Championship. And you got to do all these point math petition type deals to get that done. Um, now, what I would say is, you know, maybe start focusing a little bit more on the uh, without starting scores. Uh, you know, with Xander winning, because I think they can, they're sort of missing out on an aspect when it comes comes to betting you know you can have two different types of lines you know you know going into the to, to the thing and they can report on both of them during the tournament i think that'd be great for betting purposes and i think that's where the, the way pga is going to go signing up with all these little betting platforms so you know if they can just get a little bit more of that going but that back nine with no commercials it was so much drama so much more tension uh, I know you only saw a certain amount of golfers in that time, but that's really all you want to see on the back nine. You want to see who's going to win. I mean, no one really cares about your DFS guy who's in 16th place trying to make a birdie on 18. I mean, no one gives a fuck about that except you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just the truth. Um, and so, and now I can, now what I think they should do is, you know, even if they just added the first three days, you know, commercial, bunch of commercials, I, I would sort of maneuver the production value aspect of, the event where they do like the slow-mo of the hitting of the ball. They do like the slow-mo of the swings, the high blimp shots of the course. Those are sort of annoying the first three days because we're not seeing enough golfers play. I'd rather see a lot of golfers play the first three days uh, than what they normally do now. I mean, it's pretty awful. We can all admit that. Uh, but then on Sunday on the back nine, just throw all those production values on Sunday in the back nine, because I think that adds to the tension. It adds to the drama. It adds to the casual fan enjoying it a little more. And there's going to be breaks because you're only going to show probably eight golfers tops. Not all of them are going to be hitting at the same time. There's going to be get some gaps. Throw those production value things for the TV during those times. And I think that would be a good way to, you know, get everything that you know, the, the TV guys want and the, the fans want, the casual fans want, and the betters want. I think that's the way they should go. Uh, but getting back to the event, I mean, you, it was the top three guys. It was Ron, JT, and then uh, and DJ, and then that and then Xander coming from behind. And that's sort of what you would expect 
in this type of format. And I don't mind that because the people going into the event with who played extremely well, who are in that top three, top five, they deserve to have a little bit of an edge. Uh, and I think the edge was correct uh, going into this. This is the way it should have been, I think. Um, but the, you know, I, the different the drama that we saw, like with, with DJ sort of falling apart the middle of the round and coming back up and making that putt on was 14 right behind uh, Xander's miss, just cracking that right into the back of the cup. And honestly, like if he missed that, that was probably a three putt because that was going about 12 feet by. Uh, and then like on 16, where Xander uh, or Xander was right in front of, right behind DJ's ball. So DJ, could, you know, was trying to get the view. And I thought there was a little bit of gamesmanship by DJ in that point in time. Because like when Xander was, you know, lining up, DJ got sort of in his eye line, uh, you know, in front of him. He could have, you know, most people would just be behind him. So he didn't see him while he was doing his lining up putt. But he, <laughs> I think he really stepped in front just so, you know, DJ could see him. And then he went to make the putt. And of course, DJ is behind him. And right when he hits that putt, DJ starts walking up to Xander to see where the ball goes. And that ball goes straight in the cup. I mean, that was that was silky smooth, man. That was like an in-your-face. Uh, and then, of course, you know, it goes down to it. Uh, you know, that bogey on 14 really hurt Xander. Uh, JT, I think, had a bogey on uh, 16 or 17 uh, that put him back. But DJ, what a month. I mean, $18 million won in like three weeks. It's decent, I guess. That's not bad. <laughs> That's not bad. He deserved to win. Uh, he's been the best golfer uh, for the last month or so. Uh, perfect timing for that uh, and getting his uh, FedEx Cup championship, uh, not another notch on his belt. Uh, what do you think about the event? It was all good. I, I think, said, yeah. you know, I'm just back on some of the stuff you said. I think, you know, the format, like you said, is absolutely fine. It works out that way. The first couple of days, they got to feature more. Like there's 30 guys only in the field. And the problem is, I think, too, with the setup of the, you know, even through 10 under guys is of course they're going to show them because they're in the lead and that's how the board is set up. And it's, you want to see those guys, but some of the other guys can still make a run. I don't know if they can do anything a little bit different. It wouldn't change that much, but I talked with somebody about it and they thought maybe, you know, start the one thing is the mentality factor of it, right? Like DJ starting at 10 under versus the other guys back from that. What if you start DJ at two under as the only one with an actual advantage, it's still all the same strokes, but have some guys start in the plus, you know, you, the, the furthest ones back, are, are over par and that way there's a little bit different mentality they're go for broke there it's probably the same but the thing about djs being 10 under there is some spots there where maybe he's a little bit more conservative and down the stretch and that's why you see you know guys like scotty scheffler uh, you know hatton made a move xander obviously won it with 15 under for for that board you know so there's all those factors that go into it and then the second part to your point is the people that are watching it are you know, we've already established this over the last couple of years that the reason the increase in the viewership is because of golf betting, DFS, all these different fantasy factors that, it, you know, there's reasoning behind it. The money is where it's at and that's why the eyes are on it. So I definitely think they need to do a better job of featuring that board. I know you can already bet on it and everyone's going to, you know, there was a lot of people, you know, complaining, whining, whatever you want to call it about it. I get it because you got your money on it and there's live leaderboards out there that you could watch and find and go, go see these numbers. But I think it just comes down to, they still should do a better job of featuring it. Maybe it's because it's sort of the first couple of years of this format and the way, you know, getting into betting and that sort of thing. And it will be featured going forward, but people like to know that a little more and then just showing more guys. Like you said, and then down the stretch Sunday is when you cut everybody out. If you're not good enough to make the top 10 that are in the running, then yeah, you lose TV time. That's just the way it works in, you know, this sport, especially. So other than that, I thought it was good. Some, you know, sort of, you know, side notes or just for future reference. Cause like you said, it's a rare scenario where we've got this short week, 
an event that's just one of the absolute worst fields, or I shouldn't say worst, weakest fields that we'll ever see probably. Even Kucher, who was one of the strength of the fields, you know, quote unquote, is now out uh, with a withdrawal. There's a lot of withdrawals actually, but you know, for, besides all that, uh, the, the major is coming up, right? We've got wing foot, we've got the US Open, we're just a week and a half away. And, you know, a couple side notes from this tournament just before we move on was, you know, Reed, two of the five bogey-free rounds, another one on Sunday made it happen, got himself up to T8, eight under for the actual, you know, without strokes board. I thought that was, you know, good to see. Gonna, I, I was already thinking about him for there, and I'm going to like that one. Coming in, you know, Webb battled back after an absolutely horrendous start, 70-71, and then came back with a couple of 68s. Morikawa. Started very slow with the 71, went 65, 67, 69. And then two more, one that stood out the most, and everyone knows it, is Scheffler. He had the second best uh, at 12 under with a 66, 66, 65, the final three rounds to close it out. Just phenomenal job for him. I wonder if that matters for Rookie of the Year because, uh, well, Hovland does have the win, Hovland did not do well here at this tour championship, and Scheffler made another run, and then the PGA Championship run was something for him too. So I, I don't know. We'll see how that shakes out. And then lastly, uh, just JT, man, oh man, find a putter. Can you believe yeah. this guy threw up three sixty sixes with literally? I think he was like twenty first or twenty second in the field in putting. He yeah. missed so many putts. He had so many careless mistakes, bogeys that were like, "What is going on?" Missed five footers. I think two of them in the final round alone. That like it was right there. And he's 18 under and DJ's 21. And all things aside, they tied on the 72-hole strokes at 11 under. It wouldn't have won him that. But at the same time, 366 is with, I would say, his B game, to be honest. Everything else was good, but, I mean, the putter was just missing completely. If he gets that back and they want to underprice him, you know, and then just the thought process on DJ at winged foot is going to be by far the most expensive golfer, probably the most you know popular up there. People are still going to try and use them. There's a lot of names you can use. So we'll get to that safe way ahead of it, but just wanted to leave you with those thoughts before we go into this event. With I mean, uh, Scheffler doubled his yearly money. Like, you know, like Huge. he won, he won like 2.8 million for the year before this. And then his like run on the weekend, I think, I don't know, it was like 65, 66, something like that on the weekend, bumped him up to a $2.5 million win for the FedEx championship so basically doubled his money he started the week winning four hundred fifty thousand dollars uh there were a lot of guys actually who had chances that were down below uh sung jm uh was up there we thought that he was sort of back shout out to matt valdez producer of the sports junkies i actually got to meet him down in ocean city we had some drinks he actually got me to bet sung jay live it didn't work out but it sort of made sense at that point in time uh you know hat was sort of getting there within a few strokes getting into the weekend rory he was you know within a few strokes getting into the weekend they just couldn't really perform on the weekend and catch up but it's not like these guys are like totally out of it you know three under four unders they can come back in this thing i think uh i don't think it's impossible uh for that to happen i mean we saw it with xander he was what 13 uh, three under uh you know the start i think you know those guys are more viable than you think in this type of format and i don't hate it um it's not my favorite but I think it's what we're stuck with. And I, I think if they start start thinking more about both betting lines, the, the with starting, which is the one that, you know, which they were focusing on, and the without the starting score, also putting that up as well, you know, I think that would make the, the viewing a little bit better. And, and, man, they should make the last nine holes of every event commercial free. Uh, I think that would be great. I think that would bring more fans into the game uh, because it makes the viewing aspect of, uh, of you know, the winning – nine holes a lot more entertaining a lot more free-flowing instead of just you know scattered with all these commercial breaks the in play where you you know you get the small screen i mean I, that's not going to bring more fans 
the, the, the commercial free nine holes commercialize the hell out of the first three rounds. We'll deal with it. If, if you can give me the last nine holes commercial free every week, something that the PGA tour should think about. All right. So let's move sure. on to uh, this week. Let's go over our listener league winner Scroggs eight one one with the Rick Rungood little ball. There's so a shout out to Rick game and always uh, been a big fan of gaming. My first job, uh, in uh, in fantasy golf industry, so I, I'll never forget that. Uh, he had Justin Thomas, uh, who of course came in second, um, 101 points, almost 30 percent owned. Morikawa, uh, who had a chance too, you know, uh, is about 20 percent owned, 88 points. Xander, 34 percent owned, 111 points, finished in second, of course. Scheffler, finished in fifth, 96.5 points, 24 percent owned. Lanto, uh, 16% owned, 71 points, finished in 18th. And Matt Hughes, who had a really good weekend, uh, could have been better without a couple of uh, doubles in, uh, in the, uh, on Sunday, but on Monday. 20% owned, uh, 80 points, finished in 14th. What do you think? Yeah, the Matt Hughes one was another one just to point out. He won himself some good money there, but he started so strong on round one. Everyone's like, oh, my God, Matt Hughes. And then he fell off a little bit. A 70 wasn't terrible, but 69, 66, 67 bounce back over the weekend. So, uh, you know, really good job by him. The lineup looks great. I think it's, you know, the the main point was that DJ wasn't necessary. I know there was, at a, there was times when he could have been, but a, a lot of the stuff, I think the guy in eighth was the best. DJ lineup, and it was really tough to do it with a guy like Scheffler in there and make it work. You sort of had to have the exact three scrubs, quote unquote, and then the guys at the top to make it happen. So, you know, this lineup's solid. Is JT, Morikawa, X are all, you know, plays that we were expecting to just crush and destroy. They were in the right top of the board as far as the mix goes. Could have even, you know, overtaken DJ as far as overall. I mean, all that, like I just said about JT, it was right there, but the scoring aspect was huge. Uh, if you look, I think DJ had 107. And then you got, you know, X at 111, JT at 101, you know, all these guys. And then even Scheffler, 96.5. So uh, getting that right and then having the right mixture of the two guys at the bottom and Griffin and Hughes, solid all-around lineup, really the most you could do. Lanto came in, you know, pretty under-owned. I think he was higher-owned in our tournament here than the major than the regular fields. But um, overall, solid lineup. We'll see him in the three-man. Got to give a special shout-out to, to number two there, next world champ. That's Nelson the Bot. Nelson Adcock runs cut sweats. Uh, he was making a run there. I thought he was going to take it down, but he came up just short. I saw he had a couple, at least one good showdown win recently, and he, he's in the mix all the time. So shout out to him in second place there. But we'll see Scroggs 8-11 in the three-man, and I got him set up in the year-end listener league group as well. All right, that sounds good. Shout out to Nelson. I'm always a big fan of his. Uh, the cut sweat site's nice. Uh, if yeah. you want to see where your six sixes are or five or six combined, uh, or where they're not in, in yeah, these days yeah. in Asia. You yeah, know, you I know. get 5%, 6 out of 6, and yeah. you realize you're not even making that number happen. Yeah, it's brutal. But at, uh, at one, Cut one, Sweats on Twitter. At Cut Sweats on Twitter. So go check it out. Yeah, uh, and one more quick note too, Kenny. Just the list of league for this week, guys. I, I did post it out. It's on my Twitter, and I've retweeted on the Fantasy Golf Degenerates account. But it is smaller this week. Uh, football restart, late start in the week, all that. We just didn't want to push it, right? We left it at 500. Uh, we'll get back to where we were as soon as the major comes back around next week when we have full slate, full schedule, full everything. And we got a full slate of guys and tournaments here. But with the late start in the week and football starting up, we thought we'd drop it down a little bit. All the same, everything applies as far as, you know, the three, three, three max, $5, uh, 500 bucks to first, 20% getting paid, double your money for last. It's pretty similar. They couldn't keep it quite as balanced at the top. I just thought I'd throw that out there so you know. Yeah, I'm sort of getting hyped for football. I wasn't sure if I was going to get into it this year, but after a couple of drafts, I'm ready. I'm ready for some NFL. Go ahead and tell the people your schedule right now because you got you, you're doing a lot of freaking work on 
rudder grinders. Go, let's do it in the middle of the show. I know you're trying to save it for the end of the show, but let's do it in the middle of the show. Let's go over your yeah, schedule. Just a, yeah, a lot going football. on. I'm excited. This is a big year for me. You know, I wanted to get into doing all this stuff. You know, I got a lot of live shows. I'm, I'm pretty honest. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of the written stuff. I actually like hopping on the camera, doing the videos, going through everything, dissecting the slates, the plays. Talk a lot more about game theory, you know, things like that, how you can apply and try and take down some of these big tournaments or qualify for one of these big events. So, Pretty big schedule. Going to be staying on the golf. As far as like you just mentioned, it's going to be the Fantasy Golf Designers podcast every week, no matter what. It's going to be the Tuesday uh, Drive for Show DFS for Doe with Notorious RG and STL Cards 84. So we're going to be on that show still on Tuesday. Wednesday will be my feature lineup HQ show where I'm going to go through with a special guest each week for Moto Grinders, where we're going through how to use it, who we're on. Basically, one thing I talk about that real quick is it's a lot of my decisions that get wrapped up. People forget sometimes, but it's not that it's free versus premium. It has nothing to do with that. We'll even have the show free some weeks over at Roto Grinders. But what happens is when Kenny and I are doing these first looks, it's tough to really dive in without all the ownership percentages, all the swing of where everybody's at, all these factors, a lot of who we love out of the gates. Not much changes, but things do, right? Weather draws, all that stuff. So if you want to tune into that Wednesday show, it's a great one for that. As far as the rest goes with football, it's going to be uh, just hot and heavy as well. So Monday night football, Thursday night football, and Sunday night football. Monday with Jordan Cooper at Blender HD. Thursday with Justin Carlucci at, the, at Jay Carlucci on Twitter. And then Saturday recording the show for Sunday night football with Head Chopper. Excited about that one. We're going to get on and do those showdown shows each week. And then uh, Sunday mornings, I'm going to have my lineup HQ show live with another Roto Grinders guest. In the morning, probably an hour and a half before lock, get you know half an hour to 45 minutes in beforehand, go out and finish my lineups and then roll it up from there. It's going to be a lot of fun stuff. Like I said, you can use rotogrinders.com slash DGen, get five bucks off your first month, check it out, and just see what we got going on over there. God damn, dog, you're working your ass off. Jesus, <laughs> that is a lot of shit right there, man. That is a lot of shit. All right, so let's get into this week. Uh, the PGA Tour heads to California for the Safeway Open from Silverado Country Club's North Course. This event has been played at this course for oh, about the last, I think, five or six years. Uh, and, and the results prior to 2014 are probably going to be unnecessary. Uh, the last five winners have been, you know, good to great ball strikers who have had issues with the flat stick. Like, all these past winners are outside of the top 100 in strokes game putting for the year they won. Like, Champ last year was 136. Tway last year was 129th. Steel was 189th uh, three years ago. Steel 105th the year before that. Grillo 107th. So a lot of poor putters have done pretty well, uh, you know, at, at this event. Weather can definitely be a factor with, you know, chilly mornings, um, morning temperatures playing havoc on distance control and high winds being the norm. But as of now, temperatures don't look crazy cold in the morning. So be in low 60s and the winds don't look too strong. But, of course, that can change. Uh, this course really isn't like a cakewalk type of course. It's not too hard, and it's not too easy. It's sort of right in the middle. You're going to get, like, winning scores right around 15, 16, 17 under uh, when it comes to this. And there's still plenty of birdies uh, to be hit uh, at this course. Uh, we usually see, like, a lot of Corn Ferry Tour graduates in the field at this event, uh, but because of the virus and the strange season that we just had, uh, you know, we're going to see more familiar names this week. Definitely still some odd oddballs in the, in the 60K range, uh, but most of them are going to be familiar. Uh, you know, we've been a little bit spoiled since the restart. Uh, with these crazy strong fields. And like this week, it's just like third, Sergio, Phil, and I guess Spieth, you know, maybe. Uh, those are like the big guys. So definitely, definitely a weaker field. Uh, now, Silverado Country Club's north course is a 7,166-yard par 72 uh, with the standard four par threes and four par fives. It was first designed by Robert Trent Jones and then redesigned by Johnny Miller in 2011. 
Uh, the four par fives are the easiest uh, holes on the course, and the majority of the golfers will try to get them in two. Usually these fairways are pretty firm, uh, so even the shorter guys can, you know, have their chance to get into some of these uh, par fives in two. Uh, seven of the ten par fours are between 400 and 450 yards, and only one is over 450 yards, depending on the tee boxes used. So you're going to see a lot of wedge and short iron play. Uh, two of the par threes are lengthy, over 200 yards, and the other two are fairly short, between like 150 and 175. Uh, the final three holes are fun. Uh, you got two par fives and a drivable par four. So, you know, you can get some comebacks uh, coming here with some eagles at the end. Uh, but going for the green here is pretty tough. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how that goes. It all depends on the weather. all depends on the softness of the greens. Now, off the tee, golfers see tight tree-lined fairways. Uh, the trees are mostly sporadic, not really bunched together like a lot of East Coast courses. Uh, but the trees are very tall and towering. Uh, the fairways themselves are hilly uh, with some slope. Uh, and they're going to have to deal with the fairway bunkers in, in, the, in the landing zones, just like every week. Uh, the rough around the fairways is two levels. Uh, the first cut of rough stretches out about 10 feet from the edge of the fairway and shouldn't be a problem for golfers at all. Uh, the main cut of rough is a blend of Kentucky bluegrass and rye, which can get gnarly, but this is a resort course. So the rough should get more than two and a half to three inches in length. I don't think the rough should be too bad to play out of this week, as long as golfers miss on the correct side. Uh, there are quite a few dog legs. Uh, and missing on the wrong side could make approach shots more tricky, especially when you take into account the large trees uh, throughout the course. Uh, you know, as of now, there's no rain in the forecast and has been dry for the last month. So we're going to see, I think we're going to see pretty firm conditions, maybe a first top, but it's not going to make the course play like it was, you know, a couple weeks ago in, in uh, at the BMW. I mean, it's not going to be a cakewalk, like I said, but it's not going to be insanely hard. Uh, on approach shots, golfers will see bent grass greens uh, with POA, with POA uh, in them, POANA uh, in them as well. They're about average in size. Uh, Johnny Miller stated in interviews that he wanted the greens to have an Augusta feel, and, feel, and Johnny Miller redesigned this course. Uh, it used to be – it was a Robert Trent Jones course. Uh, and this shows that the greens are slightly elevated and have a good amount of slope and undulation. Uh, Greenside bunkers are prevalent uh, and most guard the front of the greens. Many of the holes have tight moan runoff areas and missed approaches that land in these areas will make for a tough up and down on these elevated, heavily undulating greens. Now, the thing is, like, it's tough to hit these fairways. You, it's, it's like oh, 55%, 50% you usually are hitting the fairways, but the greens are still 66% green and regulation here. Um, so, you know, even in the rough, it, it's not that difficult. You, you, you're going to be hitting a ton of greens. If you don't hit a ton of greens, you're, you're, gonna, you're not going to make the weekend. Um, the greens can play firm with a stip meter rating of around 11.5. Now, of course, POA tends to get bumpy as the day goes on, but Justin Rose did say a few years ago that these were some of the smoothest POA greens he had ever played on. If you're looking for courses that are similar to Silverado uh, while doing your research, uh, Riviera, TPC San Antonio, Quail Hollow, Scottsdale, Torrey Pines, uh, those are just some uh, of the courses that correlate with this course. Uh, Tambo, what are you looking for this week? And uh, and what are you going when, – when, when the field is this week, is there a different type of strategy you go about? I play my guys. Like, um, you know, we talk about this all the time. But, you know, first off, there is stats I'm looking at. I'll get to them in a second. But to your question, it's more about you're looking for, you know, this time of year, this season, what it means, all this stuff. I know we're in a little bit of a different set of times, like I said, with the, you know, stop and restart and everyone that's in the field and, you know, the names. And, and it's not as strong and whatnot. But – for me, the big thing is just more about the guys we've been waiting on, right? We've been waiting on Doc Redman. We've been waiting on the Cameron Davises, the Sam Burns, the Taylor Gooches, 
all these guys who we'll get to. And it's just a spot where you're going to have to mix them up. I definitely spread my player pool out a little bit more, you know, while getting those guys into it. But I mean, this is extremely unique because you look at the top and it was, you know, Siwoo, Lefty, Kucher, Lowry, Steele. It's like, and then Kucher withdrew. So, I mean, it's weird to see the board the way it's set up. I understand why, but as I said, it's one of those weeks you could leave some money on the table if you wanted, right? It's, you know, it feels like you're almost being forced into picking and choosing at the top. And I don't know if you necessarily have to go fully balanced, but you could also just leave a little bit of money on the table. So as far as stats go, looking at some of the stuff that links into what you talked about with your preview, uh, you know, off the tee, putting hasn't seemed to be as big of a deal here, even, you know, not just how they've rated out for the year coming in or, or after, but at this actual event, it hasn't been the most. Has it been a while since you flipped that thermostat from heat to cool? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services before you do for an $88 AC start and check to make sure your AC is in tip-top shape. Griffith specializes in carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Your local carrier expert. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable important stat by any means so off the tee approach short irons uh par four 400 to 450 i think there's seven of those par five scoring there's four of those and they're all pretty much gettable and then just dk scoring in general one thing to note i mean the winning scores here have been 1400 to 1800 in that sort of range that we've seen and then this year with the restart with no fans with all those things that we talk about it's actually been guys going even lower than that so i wouldn't be surprised to see something you know 1800 to 20 under it, it, you know, more in that range, the upper end or the lower end of scoring. So that's sort of where I'm at with it. And that's what I'm using this week when we go through this player pool to sort of pick and choose my spots. All right, let's, let's get to these. Let's get to these players. Let's start up top. We got Brennan Steele all the way up to Siwoo is the highest price golfer. Do you think this is going to be the least owned highest price golfer of the year? I'd imagine. So, yes. I, yes. I mean, I don't even know where it comes from. I know that he's on a little bit of a hot run, but besides yeah, that, there's really yeah. nothing that would say this. And him being the, you know, the co-betting favorite as well, I believe with Phil is like, Phil's winning a champions tour event. I know, you know, the WGC second or whatever keeps getting cited. And then the fact that he won the champions tour event, but it's just not the same. In my opinion, if I was playing someone up here, it would be Phil over Siwoo. If we want to start there. Yeah. So are you not playing anybody in this tank K range? No, I'm not saying that. I just say if you're picking and choosing between them, I mean, oh. for me, it's Phil. I'll, I'll have a mix. Of, I'll play some Phil, play a little bit of Lowry, and then I'll play some Steel. But I, I really don't love the Steel play. And, and that's sort of my first pivot of the week, just rolling through here and letting it flow, is that I really like Sergio at 9,900. And I don't know how popular he'll get, but I see everywhere I go right now is Steel because it's you know been you know touted as the Brendan Steel Open. I know he won it in 16, 17. He's been playing some great golf. You know, California, everything lines up for him. But for me, I like Sergio just as a long-term, better play, sort of suits it. And then off the tee, uh, driving distance, all those factors, I got Sergio over him anyway. So I'm on Sergio over Steele, but I'll play some Lowry and some Mickelson if I am mixing guys in above that range, but mostly staying below. I, I like Phil up this range. He might be the only person I play uh, mm-hmm. in this range. I think I might pepper the 9K range a bunch, start a whole bunch of lineups with two 9K guys. I like Phil just because – you know, he he won beating some senior nubs. He can win beating some regular nubs this week. I mean, like, if you think about, like, the type of player he is, I mean, his 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 catalog is way better than anyone else here. Uh, he's coming off a win. He's got to be somewhat motivated to do well with, the, with the, uh, the U.S. Open coming up the next week. And the thing is, like, this is the type of course where he can just bomb it off the tee, you know, fill hitting bombs and not really have too much of a disadvantage, uh, you know, coming out as long as you don't hit it 
behind these huge redwoods. If you can get around it, uh, Mr. Fairway by like 10 yards or so, uh, you know, that he'll be fine and he'll have a lot of wedges in his hands. Uh, and I think he can play, you know, these semi-Augusta type greens and not the speed, but I mean the contour and the slope uh, and the undulation. I mean, you know, he's, he's once masters. Uh, so I like Phil. Uh, in this range, probably going to be the only guy I play in the tank range. I might play Steele, but I think Phil is the one guy uh, that I will play uh, in in this 10K range. Let's go to the 9K range. Uh, I'm going to go with two of my cash game cornerstones um, in this range. First is going to be Ches Reedy. And the guy just tends to make a lot of cuts. Uh, and the thing is, you know, if you're not that long, you have to hit a lot of fairways here. Uh, and then that's what he does. He, he hits a ton of fairways. Uh, really good with his longer irons. There's a couple of longer par uh, part twos that are over 200 yards. He's going to have a, a long irons in his hand uh, on the four par fives uh, as long as he hits a fair when he's going for it. So you're looking at like, you know, anywhere between four and six, uh, 200 plus yard shots uh, every week, uh, every day for him. Uh, tee to green, he's always solid. Uh, I don't think he's missed a cut here in the past. I mean, I think he has a perfect record. Uh, cut-wise when it comes down to it uh, here. Uh, yeah, he's played here six times, made all six cuts the last five years. He hasn't finished worse than 35. Uh, I think he has a little bit of upside uh, to do well, and I think he's going to make the cuts. So I'm going to go with Chez here uh, at 96. Next is going to be Harold Vaughn the third. Uh, this is more of the prototype golfer that I am looking for this week when it comes to, uh, you know, tournament play and even in cash. Uh, you know, a guy who's long enough off the tee, and then he's he's been really exceptional with his irons. Uh, if you look, he's first tee to green um, in the last, uh, what, 50 rounds uh, in this field. Really good par four score. And, and it's funny, like, with the four par fives, you would think that the par four, par five scoring is going to be super important. But we've seen, like, when Grillo won, I think Finau beat him on the par fives by two strokes, but he lost to Grillo by – I think five strokes. So, you know, the par five, the par five scoring people are going to score. Um, but, you know, I think par four scoring is something you're going to have to look at as well. And he's uh, one of the better ones um, in this field. Again, another guy great with longer irons. And the thing I like about him is he's long-ish, sort of long, and he's sort of accurate. Uh, I like that. That combo is very, very good. Um, I also like Doc. If you, now, if we're going for um, GPPs, I like Doc uh, Redmond. Again, another guy who's really good from 400 to 450 yards, second in this field in the last 50 rounds uh, in that distance. Really good with his wedges. Uh, I think he's top 15 in, in 125 to 150 in this field in the last 50 rounds. Good on par four scoring again. You sort of saw he had a little bit of a run. You know he could win. Uh, so I like Doc. Uh, and I'll play a little bit of Kevin Streelman. Now, the one thing about Streelman that is a little bit weird, um, he's actually first in strokes game par five scoring. Um, in this field in the last 50 rounds. And even if you go back to, to a little bit more in the last 100, he's still first in strokes game uh, par five uh, in the last 100 rounds here in this field, even though he's, you know, around 95th in driving distance uh, in this field. So, you know, the, the iron play is definitely there for him. He can get that par four scoring. Tee to green, he's solid. So I like Streelman uh, as well for GPPs. Who do you like? Yeah, a few of the guys, like you said, I'm going to really pepper this range up. The one thing I just want to go back to real quick on the Phil situation is the the fact that you mentioned, I keep bringing it up, but the U.S. Open being right out there. I, I mean, the one thing about Phil is he's definitely long enough still here, and, and the distance seems to matter. 
but I wonder if he's just going to start fucking around, right? And, and trying stuff out and getting prepped and doing his thing. And that's another thing that sort of scares me up at the top with a 10-6 guy like him. You could see him behind those redwoods, behind those trees, like you mentioned. And, and just, you know, because he's doing stuff to try different things out to get ready. You know he really wants to win at, at wing foot. He wants to get the U.S. Open. Uh, he wants to get get that job done. So There's no way he can win a wing, wing foot. He might as well just try hard here. <laughs> I no, mean, I know. It's, it's not, not saying he doesn't want to win. I'm just saying he definitely no is that type of guy. We've seen it in the past with Phil. Certainly a guy that will just start trying and he's won. And he's won the week before a major before. I mean, it's happened, I think, at least once in his career. So it's not like out of the out of the question. It's not like he's just going to go around and fuck around. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, he wants wins. I mean, the thing is, I know he wants that U.S. Open, but he also wants to play a Ryder Cup. He also wants to, you know, play in team competitions. And, you, get, you know, these are these are the events where he can get, you know, rack up those points uh in it you know and yeah, he's gonna try and do his thing for sure i just yeah. said like i said if he it's phil right if he gets out of it after day one who knows what he does right or yes, maybe once I agree he get a head that. start that's sort of where i'm going not just fuck around on the course i'm saying just in general with how you know on us we're as if we want to play him because i'm with you on it but you know anyways that's sort of the reason just adding that to that 10k range why i dislike it so much and when you drop down here like i said i already gave my my sort of spiel on garcia really like that i'll always play some grillo uh, you know, the win here in the past isn't, you know, the reason necessarily just he has been playing a little bit better lately. Good off the tee, strong on approach. The putting hasn't mattered as much at a place like this, but typically we'll see him do better at a spot with these greens. So I'll go with Grillo a little bit. I like your review call. The ones I'm highest on are definitely Varner, who you already mentioned. Uh, Doc Redman, who I talked about. These are two guys that I'm on all the time and maybe they feel there, there's a lot of these price tags here. And then you go back to you asked me about the strategy and stuff. It's these type of price tags where people maybe are, you know, not with Varner, he's going to be chalk, but uh, maybe they'll add this a little bit for Redman. I'll just play Varner or when you can play them both together and, or Joel Damon, a little bit too much for him when you can just play other guys. And I like Joel Damon, but the one that, you know, stands out and it's kind of disgusting, but it just sort of hits on all the stats. And it's, an, you know, there's two guys I have like this. One is Van Royen at 9,400 really ranks out when, you know, when I got off the tee last 50 rounds, just using something that's relevant third off the tee 15th on approach third in par five, decent in par four, second in DK scoring and good with the short irons. You know, I read a couple of quotes where they were saying, you know, the around the greens, not as important here, right. You can still make it work. So I think he's an interesting tournament play a guy like Eric Van Royen, and then skipping to the next range now. And why I wanted to bring it up was Cameron Davis, probably one of my favorite plays on the board, but I feel like people just think EVR and Davis are going to be priced up too much because like Davis, we're used to getting them at 7,000 and below, even getting them at 6,500 and having him perform for us. He's number one in DK scoring, number five in par five scoring, number 12 in driving distance, you know, just rating out huge top 35 or better in pretty much every category across the board uh, for this type of setup. And I think people just see 8,900 and think it's a little bit much, but man, he's got one of the smoothest swings out there on tour. So I definitely like Davis just to sort of cheat and head into that 8K range a little bit. Yeah, I'm a fan of Davis this week. I think he's going to be more popular than you think. Uh, EVR, I think, is a great tournament play. Uh, I think people are going to skip his name, but you're right. Everything lines up. Looking at his stats right now, uh, everything seems to line up for this course. So well, he's I'm, used I, to I, him as a value play in these, yeah. but he's always in tougher fields, right? He's always yeah. coming across in these like strong WGCs fields. and stuff like that. Yeah. It's usually when we see him and stuff. And in this type of field, I, I think that makes a really good play. I, I'll, I'll be jumping on board with that. I didn't really think about that too much, but you make a really good point. I think I'm going to jump on the EVR bandwagon, even though he's wearing those crazy jogger pants that I want to ankle burn units. Every, yeah, I know. I want every time I see him. Uh, sort of makes me not want to roster him, but, <laughs> but I'm going to roster him. I think Cameron Davis, I like Cameron Davis a lot too. I think he's gonna be popular. 
Uh, I think it'll be more popular for sure. And it'll be more popular than EVR. I just want to bring it up still. I think there is still some sticker shock that goes in with these, these, these tournaments specifically where people are like, Oh, I was paying seven K for him. I'm not going to pay 8,900. It is possible, but he'll be more popular than most of the guys in this range. Yeah. I like, um, I like Sam Burns. Uh, If you go deep, I mean, he's actually first in DK scoring in the last hundred rounds in this field. Uh, You know, again, another longer guy who crushes par fives, um, his iron game is not the best, uh, but if it's long enough, maybe he'll have wedge in his hand, make, make enough putts because he's a very, very good putter uh, as well. So I like Burns. We're going with my third cash game, Cornerstones, a little bit lower. It's going to be uh, Mark Hubba Hubbard, Homeless Hubbard, uh, at $8,100 with a strong iron play. Of course, uh, he's actually top 15 in drafting points in this field in the last 50 rounds. Approach game good. Putting game really solid. Par five is really good. Just really good stats all around the board. I think he's made like – 76% of his cuts uh, in the last year or something like that. So I, I like him as my third cash game cornerstone. I like Bud Colley uh, a little bit, uh, you know, going long-term stats, which, you know, I know Tambo's a big fan of, and he's sort of drawing me into that. Uh, he's fifth in the field in strokes game tee to green. Um, you know, good with his wedges, good iron player, good on par fours. So I like Bud Colley. Um, uh, who do you like in this range? Yeah, it was similar stuff near the bottom. One of the guys that I've heard a little bit about is Will Gordon, and, and I do think this is the type of event he sort of fits that mold of guys that could show up. But I'm with you so much harder on, you know, Hubbard, right? I really like that play. Talk about him all the time. And I even like Glover. So, you know, my other, my second pivot was going to be Glover over Gordon. If people are going to play Gordon and just go with the shiny new toy, the name or whatever, I'm still going to go with the long term, the guy that we know, the guy that, yeah, he's a tilting player to roster, but Lucas Glover, man, he's got the upside off the tee, strong uh, approach par four scoring, all, all that stuff. He really does line up still, and we could see him turn it on at times, and it would be an event like this where we see that. So I like him and Hubbard down there at the bottom. Norlander would be sort of another interesting tournament play, a guy everyone wanted to roster until they don't. Maybe he's a better example of my Cameron Davis conversation because, yeah, Burns I love and Davis, even a little bit of Keegan, but they're all going to get popular. And so a guy like Norlander is someone who sort of fits that mold of what I mentioned with Davis a little bit more. Maybe it's too high at 8,500, but rates out well in approach, uh, part four, 400 to 450, sixth in the last 50 rounds, and then part five scoring and DK points, top 25 in both. Uh, he's the guy that, you know, makes cuts, all the stuff. We got to remember, we're back to needing cuts here now. He's one of the guys that I would say are, are very likely to make the cut and even have upside if he gets through and when he gets through. Uh, yeah, I can get down on Orlando. Let's move to the 7K range. I'll go ahead and do my final cash game cornerstone. It's going to be Cameron Tringali. Uh, again, another guy, um, you know, I think at this level, when you're at $7,500, you're just looking for somebody who can make the cut. And I think he has a very, very good chance. Made 15 of his last 18. Uh, made all of his cuts here, either five or six cuts. So now he hasn't really finished that highly. Uh, but, I mean, at this price, we're going to be one of your cheapest cash game guys. Um, you don't necessarily need the crazy upside like you do uh, if you're going for guys above. And the thing is, his iron play is really good. I mean, just you know, stat-wise, he rates out as my number two-ranked golfer um, in the last 100 rounds. Uh, I think he's actually my number one golfer in the last 50 rounds uh, or something like that. Uh, no, he's number six in the last 50. So he, he's in there uh, with his iron play, par four scoring, par five scoring, really good from 400 to 450. So I like Tringali for that last spot. For my So my four cash game cornerstones are going to be Chess Revy at 9,600, uh, Harold Varner the third at 9,100, uh, Homeless Hubbard at 8,100, and Cameron Tringali at 7500 This leaves like almost $16,000 to 
to finish out the rest of your, rest of your roster. So plenty of moves you could make uh, doing that. Other guys to do like I really like Danny McCarthy. Uh, I thought about him in cash, but I wasn't too sure, so I left him off. Uh, the thing about him is, you know, recently his iron game, which is not, you know, he's known as probably the best putter on the PGA Tour, uh, at least top three, top five putter on the PGA Tour. But, man, his iron play has been pretty damn good here uh, in the last, I'd say, 16 rounds or so, um, you know, gaining uh, stroke to those approaches in the last four events played. Uh, I think – but he just hasn't been able to get that outside of the window. Um, you know, he, he hasn't been able to get that crazy putting going with his really good iron play together. And, of course, one of them was the PGA Championship where that was really tough to do. Uh, but I, I like I like Denny uh, as, a, as a tournament play. Um, other guys in this range, uh, I, I like Hoffman uh, a little bit. I'm not a big fan of too many in this upper 7K, uh, but I so saw I'll go down a little bit. I, I do like Charlie Hoffman. Uh, uh, he came in, in good showing at the BMW. Was it the BMW or Northern Trust? One of the two during the playoffs. I think it was Northern Trust. He had a really good showing. Uh, another guy, par five score, makes a ton of birdies. Taylor Gooch. Uh, putting and iron both there par five scoring all there makes a ton of birdies Matt McNeely uh, you're going with that California kid type of um, narrative uh, you know I sort of like him a little bit uh, and then going down a little bit more Robbie Shelton uh, I think he's going to be pretty popular a lot of people are talking about him I'm just going to ride that bandwagon I think uh, Steve Bamford and um, Coley are on Shelton this week. So, you know, those two guys on him, I mean, I'm, I don't care what his stats are. I'm just going to go and play him uh, on that one. Uh, and I like Chesson Hadley down below with his iron play. Uh, first and British are better gained in the last 50 rounds in this field. Uh, pretty damn good with his wedges. Uh, so I like a lot of the guys in the lower 7K range. I even skipped some, so I wouldn't just name everyone. Uh, but not that high on the upper 7K range. What about you, Tambo? Yeah, a couple guys. You know, some of my favorite plays are in this range. You know, not – you know, in any particular order, but I, I do like Patrick Rogers up up in that $7,600 range. So, uh, you know, off the tee, it's one of those guys. You said one of my guys has been waiting on him, waiting on him to pop, do something. And this is a spot, right? He's been talked about forever. This is, this is the type of tournament, the type of field we want to see him in solid, you know, off the tee driving distance, power four, 400 to 450 DK scoring. It's all there. Uh, you know, he's not on Bermuda greens. My boy Noto always talks about that. You know, anytime you get him off Bermuda greens, sort of what you want so I really do like Patrick Rogers you mentioned Hoffman great northern trust he was just too far out of things but he certainly pops as far as you know his approach game even long term uh, and then at the tr- northern trust he was just dialed uh, par five scoring DK scoring all those things are there you mentioned Tringali like that a little bit I do like list normally not a big you know list guy or on him that much but just every stat sort of lines up here and again he seems like the opposite end of that spectrum where we I would have thought he would have been priced at 85, 8,900. Instead, we get him way down here at 7,400. So I do like that. McNeely, our guy, we've been waiting on for a long time. This is what we're waiting on. This is the course, right? This is the time, the spot, California, all those things you talked about, but just the ability to score, go low. You know, I think it was the Barracuda is another sort of similar style field that we just saw. And I, and I don't remember exactly what happened there but i'm pretty sure he played well at that and there's a couple other guys here uh gooch being one of my favorites i mentioned him but he just is dialed in every stat across the board feels extremely underpriced at 7300 so he's one of my favorite plays down here shelton you mentioned they call him xbox they talked about this a couple weeks ago the boys were all hyping him up had a great northern trust not the best bmw but 7100 those guys are on him like you mentioned i'll follow suit 
Uh, Martin Laird, getting a little bit of love out there, and I don't, I don't hate it. I think he's a guy that just nobody will ever want to play too much of, but he's popping as far as all the stat quarter categories go, uh, as has the upside. You know, if he gets through the cut, we can see a top 20 at him at 7,000. That's not a big deal for, you know, that's plenty fine for what you need. Uh, you know, six out of six, as we talked about at the top, is hard, hard enough as it is. So just get your guys to get through the cut. He's certainly a good guy for that. And then I like, uh, I like your Hadley call, but I like Johnny Vegas more. Like Johnny Vegas really popping off the tee, got the distance, the par five, the DK scoring, par four, 400 to 450, right across the board. And, and he's the guy, again, same thing. We, we were talking about him a lot last year when he was making some of these runs in big fields. And we talked about how he sat down with his mindset coach and sort of got everything dialed in to, to get him to that next level. We've seen him taper off a little bit, but he's still showing up in the last 50 rounds as, as a really solid value play at 7,000 straight. So I'll go with some Johnny Vegas as well here at the bottom. All right, so let's move to the 6K range. Uh, a couple of guys I do like in this range. I like Kevin Chappell. Uh, he just, you know, he, off and on from injury. Hopefully he's healthy now. Uh, if this is like the ball striking type course, I mean, he used to be one of the best. Uh, so I, I like Chapel uh, in this range. Again, another guy who's really, really good with his wedges. Um, you know, top 15 in this field. I like Hollywood Hoagie uh, a little bit uh, at 6,900 as well. Iron player, strong, really good with his long irons, really good with his wedges. That's going to be a pretty good combo uh, when it comes down to it. I mean, especially when you look at his longer term form. Uh, over the past 100 rounds. Hopefully, he can start bringing some of that back. Uh, Wyndham Clark, another guy who could just pummel the hell out of the ball and putts out of his ass. If he could just putt average, uh, not putt, but, you know, his approach shots are average, uh, he could definitely compete. Um, other guys, uh, a little bit. Ben Martin's, I, I could be wrong about this, but I think Ben Martin's been playing on the Corn Ferry Tour, uh, and he's been playing pretty well uh, at, towards the end of the season. Um, sort of a sleeper. I don't think anyone's going to play him. Uh, but you know, his iron game has always been somewhat strong. Uh, Brian Stewart, a shorter course, all short courses. I'll play Brian Stewart um, as a cut maker at $6,600 on short courses um, because he's always going to hit fairways and he's really good from 400 to 450 yards. I think he's top 10 in the field in uh, par four efficiency from 400 to 450 in the last 100 rounds. Uh, and then if you go down a little bit more, I mean, maybe it's the Matthew Neesmith. And then there's the uh, uh, Jun Hong Kim. I forget. I don't, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, but everyone calls him Tom. I don't know where that came from, but he's like the 100-ranked player in the world, uh, like 110. Uh, he had a win in a second uh, overseas um, here about a month, month and a half ago. You might want to throw a little bit on him at 6,100 at the minimum. What about you? Yeah, Thomas the Train. Yeah, so, something down there, 6,100 you can go with. Um for me, up above, you talked about some of the guys that I was liking, but, you know, it's sort of just throw a bunch of darts down here. You know, a couple stand out for me. Adam Shank, birdie maker, can get hot, you know, can make the cut and then have upside. Solid in the stats that I'm looking at with off the tee, driving distance, par 4, 400 to 450. Uh, keep going down. My last and final uh, pivot is going to be wise over Clark. I, I hear a lot of Clark love out there. I see that he pops in a few of the stat categories that people are looking at, but I'm, I'm going to go with the, the talent in wise uh, former rookie of the year. I, I think, you know, he's one on tour. This is again, and we're just waiting for a spot. I'm, I'm looking for a spot like this for him. And, and he's been sort of one, like I said, playing my guys. Chapel, I can get behind that met, for wise. I can get behind that for wise. Yeah. He's, he's actually been pretty solid. His last 50 rounds out. If you look, it's all like top 50. As, I mean, his worst stat category out of all the ones I'm on is 49th. He's just sitting there and everything else. So 25th and par five, 10th with his shorter irons, you know, 12th as far as everything else across the board combined. So I, I think why is it 6,800? You mentioned Chapel. Don't mind him. 
I'm just scrolling to make sure I hit them all, you know, go through them. But uh, Grayson Murray, a little bit of love there. Again, you know, weaker field, upside, looking for that. I know some Bramlett fans out there, people mentioned him uh, for a good reason probably. And then I like uh, Chris Baker, the birdie maker. Talk about him often enough. He's 6,400. He's a guy that I can get behind down here in this price range. I think that's it, man. I think there might be a couple more. Definitely want to say, keep in mind, I know, you know, we're recording this Tuesday afternoon. DraftKings just sent out the email of like the 10 people they've added to the field with all the withdrawals, ins and outs, you know, like Burgoon was out, Von Taylor's out, Kuchar's out. All these guys I just mentioned are out and more. And they're just adding a bunch more in, right? All the people that qualified instead and got in. It made the field weaker, I would say, for sure, especially with Kucher going out. But it is what it is. You still got to play somebody, and somebody's got to win all the money. So let's get after this week. That's where I'm at as far as the 6K range goes, Kenny. All right. Sounds good. Let's get to our bets this week. What you got? Got five. I'm leaving a little bit behind because I do think there's going to be – you know, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity in running, right, to, to find guys and – you know, it's nobody's going to be a super closer here where it's theirs for the taking and, and nobody else is not going to be, in my opinion, a situation where it's like a, a DJ runaway that's not going to have any of that. All these guys are going to be trying their ass off and see what happens. So uh, lots of opportunity in running, but I got Sergio 30 to one. I thought that was the best number up top of all the shorter guys that I just wasn't liking, you know, the C woos, the, even a guy like Varner who I like, I don't like 35 to one Varner. And if I miss that, I miss that. That's okay by me. I'll be happy for him for getting the win. But, um, Hubbard, 70 to 1 with the each way. McNeely, 70 to 1 with the each way. These are all top fives. Uh, Patrick Rogers, 75. And then my boy, Chris Baker, the birdie maker, I took him 175 to 1 with the each way. What you yeah, got? It, sounds, it sounds like I got some bad numbers, but I only I got five. I only got one book that I use until they start making uh, it legal in, in, in Virginia. Uh, so I'm using an overseas book. So I got a HV3 at 25 to 1. Davis, Cameron Davis at 33 to 1. Hubbard, 40 to 1. Danny McCarthy, 66 to 1. And Shelton at 80 to 1. I'm just going to tie myself on the Steve Bamford and Coley on that one. So those are going to be my five. But I do agree that the live betting uh, is going to be key uh, here uh, and to leave some, some money for that this week because there's going to be some guys who come back uh, on the weekend. There's not These guys aren't lead holders. You know what I'm saying? So. So, yeah, I, I like that idea of saving some money for live betting this week. All right, one and done. Yeah, back on at it again this week. Uh, we talked about last week just in case people are running with different pools and they had one going, but the Gups Corner one didn't have it rolling last week. So this week I'll mention, you know, just a couple. Uh, you know, I talked about Varner, Sergio. Those are sort of the two guys up top that I like the most. Uh, and then Hubbard, McNeely were my two favorites out of the next or even a Rogers, right? If you want to get a little bit crazy, like I said, it sort of coincides with my bets, but I just, that's why I'm betting on it, right? I think they can win. So uh, this is the event. We've been waiting for something like this for these guys to pop and get the job done. And I, I think one of these guys could be the ones to come through. I don't see, you know, necessarily the, the 2001 bets hitting, but it's, I see why people are betting them based on the value and what's out there. I put a little bit on Thomas, the train at 2001 with the each way, but it's not, I'm, I'm surprised it's still rolling with the cat out of the bag now and they don't just shut it down. We'll see what happens. I, I'm going Phil. Uh, I just think he's the best golfer in the field. And if he decides to play, I think he can win. Um, so I like Phil um, in this range. All right. Uh, anything we miss? Nope. I think that's good, man. We went through it all. All right. You can find me on Twitter at Kendo VT. You can also find me at gupscorner.com. I write my article, of course, preview stats to look for trends, strategy. And then Wednesday nights, I will add my favorite bets and my favorite cash plays that aren't my cash game. Cornerstones also, they're football 
thing is, is gearing up. The football tools are crazy. The PGA tools are crazy. There have already been some five-figure winners in college football uh, from our guys. Uh, over at Gup's Corner, they, they got a college football guy who's supposedly the shit. I, I, I don't play college football DFS, but from what I'm hearing from the slack and everything, this guy's just kicking ass uh, in college football as well. And the NFL's coming as well. So make sure you check out gupscorner.com. Tambo. Yeah, talked about it in the middle of the show. The rotorgrinders.com. You guys can go over there. Like I said, use promo code. You'll just go to rotorgrinders.com slash DJ. No promo code. And you get the five bucks off. Check it out. Uh, I also mentioned, you know, everything that I was doing over there for football. One that I missed was the Tourney Takes podcast. That'll be free and coming out on Fridays. If you guys do want to check out some of the football stuff for free there, myself, Killer B, Kirk D's, that's going to be a fun one that we go through all the stuff for as it pertains to GPPs for the weekend. So if you're doing a lot of that, you can find me on Twitter at Toteg and Tambo. Let's have a good week. Sounds good. Brand new season. We're right back at it after 48 hours. Let's win some motherfucking money. DGN Nation. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. <sighs> the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal.